Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show. I'm your host, Anthony Aniano, on Wednesday night, May 27th. Slightly different start time if you're listening to us live. Uh, normally, we roll at about 7.30. Tonight, we're going to go from 8 o'clock to about 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, if you're not listening to us live and listening on on demand on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes, as always, we do appreciate it. Don't forget, Anthony Aniano, Fantasy Sports Show, brought to you by the DynastySportsEmpire.com. And he's also a proud member of the Fantasy Sports Podcast Association. Um, I'm happy to be associated with two great sites, rotoballer.com, as well as draftvalet.com. So um, check all of that. Great, great stuff there. Great content, content, great ideas. Uh, Go to rotoballer.com. Go to draftvalet.com. Terrific concept. Sign up for both of those sites right now. Uh, Excited to be a part of them. We got a lot going on tonight, this Wednesday night. We're going to talk a lot of baseball, and in just a minute or two, we're going to get my good friend Evan Tarasiano. I hope I pronounced it right. Uh, big Italian name. I like it. Uh, he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk a little fantasy baseball with him for a little while. Uh, the waiver wire in particular, you've probably heard him on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, uh, Sirius 210 XM 87. He's usually on in the morning. I hear him often uh, as I'm in the car, heading places. He does a great job with the waiver wire. Uh, he'll be joining us. You'll be able to find him at Roto underscore Wizard is his Twitter. My Twitter feed at A Aniano Fantasy. That's A Aniano Fantasy. Follow me there. Follow me on Facebook on our page, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show on Facebook. You can check that out. Chat room is open as well. And the phone lines are open if you want to give us a call. 347 838 That's 347-838-8088. Any questions for me or Evan? Uh, feel free to give us a call if, you, if you're catching us live. Uh, give us a buzz on that as well. So a lot going on in the world of baseball, but I want to get right to it. I want to get uh, Evan on the phone. A lot to talk to him about. So uh, let's sign up with him there. Evan, Anthony Aniano here. How you been, my friend? Hey, Anthony. I've been doing well, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, no complaints. Uh, thanks for spending uh, some time with me this evening. Uh do appreciate your expertise coming on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. We, uh, you know, any, any Italian one requested by another to join him and uh, and share a passion, you got to do it. It's just, it's just the Italian camaraderie, so I have no problem. They, <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. So Evan, what do you got? I, I know you do a lot of work with with roto experts, and, and and you're a big waiver wire guy. But before we get to it, I I should have probably brought this to you before, but. It just kind of popped into my head because it's been an, a topic that's been floating around. A few weeks back, I invited you into a daily fantasy baseball game. And you responded to me, hey, appreciate the invite. I don't do daily. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to get your opinion on it because my opinion on daily is starting to sway in a, in a very different direction than, than most. Uh-huh. So as I was preparing for the show, I remembered that conversation, and I'm dying to get your take uh, on the daily fantasy game, the baseball game, and and what's really becoming, especially, I mean, you're on a lot of the same Facebook pages I am, 
it's becoming an interesting conversation, you know? Right, right. Well, this is and this is kind of why I said that. Um, for for me, I'm one of those guys that I don't I don't typically dip my foot into the water. I just go diving straight on in. And with the way that my personality is, I expect to be the best, no matter what I do, whether it's <laughs> writing or doing this or doing that. And, and knowing the immense amount of of time and dedication that it would require you know, to look at all the different splits that I would need to and to really analyze the players on, on a lot different level from a daily aspect versus where I write all my columns on a seasonal aspect, I just didn't have the time to do it. It's not it's not that I want to put it down and, and, and say that it's not worth my time because, quite frankly, if I could make a ton off of it, I would love to do that. Um, I, just, I just, unfortunately, with all the writing I've been doing, I just don't have the time to dedicate all the research that I feel would be beneficial rather than just kind of winging money around and, and making some lineups. So, I, you know, I have dabbled with it in the past. I've done some free rolls. You know, I, I've, I've been on different sites. I've been on FanDuel and DraftKings and Draft Street, Fantasy Aces. You can kind of name them all. Um, it's fun. I mean, it is certainly fun. I, I find that it's, it's a beneficial thing as a whole uh, for the fantasy baseball industry just because with a lot of these leagues, be it rotisserie or head-to-head or, or whatever format or setup they're in, you do have guys that just lose interest. It's a long season. Uh, people are going to fall out of contention, and that's a way for them to stay in. Um, I think that the, the, one of the interesting concepts that's kind of been brought up over the last year or so is the thing with Ron Chandler, where it's, it's not just a daily game, and it's not really a season long, it's a month. And you kind of do it a month mm-hmm. at a time. So I, I think right now, you know, the, the, the industry is trying to find that happy medium between you still want to have the camaraderie with your friends. I still want to, you know, drink a beer and harass you if I'm kicking your butt in the league, but I don't I don't necessarily want to, to spend all the way from, you know, April through September doing something and, and kind of grinding things out. So there, there's a fine line to walk there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the daily football than the daily baseball. I, I'm not – I don't love how FanDuel does daily baseball, um, you know, Lineups lock. A, a late night game gets rained out. Uh, your shortstop in the late night game, a half hour before game time, is out of the lineup, and you're locked in. I don't. I don't like that. I feel they they stack the odds tremendously against you in that regard. Um, you know, anybody who knows baseball, a lot can change over the course of a day, and you know, I, I find that a little. I'm, I'm unhappy with it. I I feel football. You have a week to prepare, like you said. The preparation is almost right. easier in football, oh, and yeah. you know who's hurt. You know who's not going to play. You wake up Sunday morning. There's 800 different, you know, pregame shows on. <laughs> it, sure, it, it's sure. not hard to find out who's not playing. You know. Right, right, right. And and one of the things that that you know, obviously, a lot of the people that play play one fantasy sport will play the other. Football fans will play baseball and vice versa. And I've written about this in the past. Um, baseball. It's, it's a much less luck-based sport than football. And football, look, I mean, if you drafted a Odell Beckham Jr. or, you know, one of these guys that can carry you from week to week, that's great. Uh, that doesn't really happen in fantasy baseball, you know, especially with rotisserie leagues. And, and even more so in the fact that not only do you have to know uh, hundreds and, and hundreds of players in the actual Major League Baseball League itself, you have to know the minor league systems, too. I mean, you have to know mm-hmm. at least a handful of prospects from every single team and the, and the chances that they might get called up. 
so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's easy to go pick up a magazine in the beginning of the year and figure out who Chris Bryant or Yasmani Tomas was or something like that. But if, if you really want to succeed in, in your fantasy league, you've you got to do a lot of research, a lot of prep. And I don't feel it's necessary to do quite nearly as much given the decreased player pool, the, the fact that a lot of it's luck-based in, in football. Um, you know, as an example, you and I are in a um, we're in an NL only league, and mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately have suffered some horrific injuries between you know Wayne Wright and David Wright and, and these other guys going out you know for extended periods of time. If I don't know who the backups of the backups of the backups are, like I'm done. I'm uh, I'm, I'm absolutely you know sick of working me. Um, so uh, look, everything's a little bit different. I love both sports. I love football. I love baseball. I love doing fantasy in both. I've been playing both for, I don't even know, 12, 15 years at this point. So, uh, you know, but the daily game, like I said, if I'm going to get into it, I really want to dive into it. We have a fantastic site through Roto Experts, dailyroto.com, where it's soup to nuts. I mean, you have everything from Drew Dink Meyer and Tony Cicotta and all these guys, all these guys that make a ton of money. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's, an easy, it's an easy thing to get into, but I feel it's a really hard thing to master. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's a fair way to say it. Easy to play, tough to master. Um, I, I, I'd go along with that. But, Evan, let's talk now a little yearly fantasy baseball, which I, I enjoy the yearly much more. Um, I've been, I'll be honest, in that NL-only league, I've been keeping one eye on your roster. Uh, I'm, I'm scouting your team for potential oh. trades. I got to be honest, you, yeah, you know, yeah. not to gloat, but you're sitting there in ninth place. I've just pulled it yeah. up because I did need to yeah. gloat a little bit, and uh, I'm fighting it out with our friend Lenny Melnick right now for first yeah. place. Yeah. So, um, so I've got an eye on your team. Don't you worry. We'll definitely talk yeah. as the year goes on and on. There we go. But um. Let me ask you, when, when it's that time of the year, I always consider Memorial Day weekend the time to uh, reevaluate your team. I don't like to do anything harsh in April. It's too early. It's a long season. Memorial right. Day is usually a good time to take a look at things. When you see how the season developed, what are some of the waiver wire options now that maybe are out there? Maybe guys who were given up on, who are out on a waiver wire, who can maybe have a little resurgence. Or some under the radar guys. I know you spot, spend a lot of time talking waiver wire. Who are some players maybe uh, that 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 my listeners here can can focus in on who can really help their teams going forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of it's going to depend upon the form of it you're in. The the column that I write, this waiver wire or a waiver wizard column, as it were, it, it mainly focuses on very deep leagues. So I'll start with maybe a couple recommendations for the deeper league folks, the the, the more competitive people, and we can get some more general people right too. Um, couple guys I just mentioned off the top of my head, you know, James McCann, catcher for the Detroit Tigers, is a guy that I've been seeing picked up in a lot of leagues. Uh, with Alex Avila out for an extended period of time with this, you know, loose body, whatever the heck that's supposed to be, in this, uh, in this left knee, we don't really have a timetable on him. And he's been hitting 300. You know, Tigers lineup as a whole is really strong from A to Z. So, uh, you know, we're going to see him pretty much out there daily. I said, look, you're probably going to want to spend, you know, 5%, 10% of your fab budget if you have that or burn a high waiver wire claim. If you're a guy that might be a Jonathan Lucroy owner or a Devin Mezzarocco owner or if you're set up with Yessier Molina not doing anything this year. So if you're in one of these uh, deeper mixed leagues, I think McCann's a guy that you can definitely take a peek at. Fair enough. You know, you mentioned Mezzarocco. Yeah. Is, is is that a done deal in Cincinnati in your view? Is Devin let's go let's 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 generalize yeah. our conversation. 
your standard 12-team rotisserie mixed league, right? I mean, let's be honest, that's the most, that's the most common baseball format, 12-team mixed yep. rotisserie. Is Devin Mesorosco and the the hip, he's hurt, he's not hurt, he's our best pinch hitter, so he, is he droppable at this point? Can you tell me there are 12 better options behind the plate and, and Mesorosco's not even worth uh, rostering at this point? I mean, for me, I, he has to be droppable. I mean, he, we've seen a, a steady decline in his ownership. I believe right now he's floating around 25% in the ESPN League. And it's a shame because a lot of people expected this guy to be a top-five catcher. Uh, we, we saw the power last year. A lot of people were expecting, a, you know, 25, 20-plus home runs out of this guy, especially in the, in the band box that is Cincinnati. So major, major disappointment. And, and look, we, it's, it's one of those, this is the unknown. Um, we, we don't know how long it's going to take for him to come back. Given the fact that it's the NL and they can't DH him, and where else is he going to play? I mean, he's not really going to supplant mm-hmm. Joey Votto at first base. You know, I, I can't really see him fitting into a lot of different spots in Cincinnati. So, assuming he comes back from hip surgery, if he needs to undergo that, he very well might. It's either going to be an extended DL stand where we're looking at at least probably a month or two, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor by any means, but, you know, I, given how long it's already taken him just to try and work through this and he can't do anything, I know surgery's on the table. If, if he's out due to surgery, that's four months he's done. Um, and I know John yeah. Demon's been kind of on that right now from CBS Sports. So we'll have to see if he opts for surgery. You know, is, is he droppable in the 12-team mix right now? I believe so. Most formats tend to use one catcher. Some, if you, if you, you know, look, if you're in a two-catcher format and you're in a deeper league, you really want to hold on to this guy. Or if it's a, you know, yeah, I can stick him in the DL spot and just kind of sit on him for a while, feel free to do that. But I can't see him being relevant anytime before at least July if he doesn't opt for surgery. If he does, he's done. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think you could find twelve catchers. Uh, yeah, two two catcher league might be a different story, but right. uh, you know, if you have a DL spot at this point, if you're in a league that uses a DL spot, obviously you slide him onto that spot. He doesn't count against you. But now that he's on the DL, I, I can't imagine rostering him with with so many unknowns. What about uh, Matt Reynolds? Uh, Matt Adams went on the DL uh, quad. It seems pretty serious. Seems like uh, <laughs> an interesting player, in my view. Mark Reynolds is going to benefit yeah. the most from that. You know, we know what Mark Reynolds is. Mark Reynolds is going to go 0 for 20 with 18 strikeouts and then wake up one morning and, and go 7 for his next 10 with 6 home runs. Uh, how deep does the league have to be to be interested in Mark Reynolds? Is he an NL-only guy? Or are you willing to take a flyer on him in a mixed league and hope you pick him up at that right time where he gets red hot? You know, it's it's kind of the same situation where, look, I mean, if if you have a first baseman that's struggling or injured, or let's just say if you were an Adams owner, does he make for a nice pickup in the short term? Yes. And can I see him being viable in an NL-only league? Certainly. Um, 10 to 12 team mix is going to be pushing it. There's probably some options that I would much rather prefer on the waiver wire. You know, especially if you're, let's just say, if you're in a, a points league where, you know, strikeouts matter, then you really don't want to take a look at this guy. But he is what he is. We, we've seen him over the arc of his career. He's a guy that swings for the fences. And I have loved Mark Reynolds because in several interviews he did, you know, a couple of years ago, they asked him, they said, look, you know, you're striking out 200-something times a year, but you're hitting 30-something bombs. Is this the kind of player you are? He said, every time I get up to the plate, I'm looking for a home run. So that's you kind of know that that's that's where we're going. He's a man's man. Like this is the guy that's going to swing for the fences. 
Uh, we have seen a decline in his strikeout lately. You know, he used to be in the mid two last couple of seasons. It's more in the one fifties, you know, one hundred and twenties, one hundred and fifties. But he's going to get at bats. We know that. So we know we know he's going to get at bats for the Cardinals. And at bats in a lot of leagues is the be all end all statistic. You know, no matter how well he's doing, you, you got to get a guy that's playing out there. Um, so. If you're looking at a guy who might be in a platoon split versus Mark Reynolds, I'd probably lean towards Reynolds. You know you're going to get some power. And in that lineup, once he gets on base, the runs in the RBIs will be there too. Uh, but I can't promise you anything more than a you know, Mendoza line type average for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're desperate for power. I mean, an NL only is a must-add if he's not already added. But, uh, yeah, I agree. If you're desperate for power, roll the dice. Hope you have him in your lineup on a hot streak. Another name I wanted to throw by you um, – Tanner Rourke of the Nationals, right? We know he had a terrific year last year. He won 15 games. He's filling in right now for for Doug Fister. And, you know, he's not pitching poorly. He's pitching to a 2-4-9 ERA, just over two walks uh, per nine innings. Uh, Doesn't strike out a lot of guys, never does. But he had his first start finally filling in for Fister. Uh, He wasn't terrible by any uh, stretch of the imagination. You know, in that game... In that start, he what do you go? As uh, I'm pulling it up here, I'm sorry. Uh, he didn't pitch poorly. He got the win, five innings, one earned run. You know, still has to be stretched out a bit because he's been pitching out of the pen. Tanner Rourke, a viable option at least for the short term uh, in a mixed league. You know, Scott Casimir goes down today with a shoulder situation. Justin Verlander's still out. Johnny Sueto's been out. Uh, there's been there's been some arms got got banged up. Tanner Rourke, you're willing to invest in him, or is or is it too short term? Is he not worth it? I think he is. I think you know, if, if nothing else, whether this is a short term addition, a streaming option, whatever you want to refer to that kind of a player as a back end rotational kind of guy, that's going to work for me. Um, you know, in leagues that wins is valued, definitely. I mean, the Nationals are going to put up runs, and this guy is going to accumulate wins as long as he's in there. We saw it last season. I mean, 2014, this was a 15-win win player. You know, in, in 30 starts, he had 15 wins. Uh, you know, take a look at last year's statistics. Over the course of about 200 innings, he had, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. under 100 strikeouts. So I think about that pace, about, a you know, little around six or so, K to nine is what you're going to expect from him. But a nice whip and a nice ERA. And, again, given the run support he should theoretically get from the Nationals, you're going to see wins. So, uh, you know, in leagues like, you know, the NLC one that we're in where, where you might have a bit of catch-up work to do in some categories, work makes for a fantastic play or in deeper leagues. Uh, I definitely think that he's certainly worth an addition. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I, yeah, dead on with that. I agree with that. Here's an interesting name. Now, I was going to talk about this guy in a little bit, and I wanted to throw your thoughts by him. Um, okay. He's played in only 22 games by, with Oakland. Uh, Billy Burns, he yeah. has been compared – statistically he's a notch below, but the similar skill set to Billy Hamilton, who, whether it's personal or not, I will not roster him in any mixed league whatsoever. Right. He might be the worst offensive player in baseball right now. I'm sorry. He he can't hit. I mean, he couldn't hit a wiffle ball if you and I were playing in the backyard right now. But anyway, um. So here's Burns. He comes up from Oakland. Now, this is a guy through his minor league career. He's a 50 stolen base guy. He's done it a multitude of times down in the minors. Oakland brings him up. 
He was hitting 315 down in AAA this year. Oakland brings him up, and he's kept hitting. He's hitting 292. His on-base percentage is, is what it's supposed to be for a speed guy. It's 344. It was 378 down in the minors, and he's already gotten seven stolen bases in 22 games. This is the reason I don't pay big for a Billy Hamilton is because a guy like Billy Burns could come out of nowhere and add him. I'm looking on CBS Sportsline right now. He's only 20% owned. And for me, that is a crazy low number for a guy who, from this point forward, could still end up with 30 to 40 stolen bases. Absolutely. And it, it was funny because entering into the season, every single player or every single expert really talks about the scarcity of home runs. Uh, truth be told, outside of really D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton, there's the scarcity of steals, too. Um, so they're, they're not exactly easy to come across. Uh, you're going to find a lot of guys that are in that you know, 10 to 15 range, but trying to get a guy that's 30-plus off the waiver wire, that doesn't really happen too often. So, you know, now that Coco Crisp is hurt, when, when Billy Burns is going to continue to see a gross amount of playing time, you're right. Expect a, a, a very decent average for this guy. This is, this is somebody I can barely safely pencil in for 285-plus. You know, the ballpark isn't great, but he's not really known for being a power guy. He's like getting on base and stealing bases and, and, you know, and, and scoring runs. That's kind of his skill set. Um, so is he worth an add? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're in a deeper league, certainly, you know, don't expect much in the way of power. But, again, average runs, stolen bases, if that's what you're targeting, this is a guy that's very, very widely owned uh, and is worth, certainly worth a look at. Yeah, I mean, he's hit – he hit one home run in, 2011, in 2011, yeah. a home run in 2014, and one home run this year. But he doesn't strike out. He doesn't right. walk much either, but he doesn't strike out. But he does get on base, and he steals. He, he's doing what everybody's begging Billy Hamilton to do. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let, let's be honest. I mean, how many people drafted Billy Hamilton in round seven or eight and said, I'm going to win the stolen base category, but now you can't even play him anymore? Right. Because you can't carry the 220 batting average, it just it just it, it kills you all around. It really does. Um, Evan, question on a couple of injured guys are Patrick Corbin, Matt Moore. You know we've seen what they could do in the past. Two years ago, they were both very good. Before they went through the uh, the Tommy John ritual. Worth rostering at this point. Reports are looking like June, maybe hopefully for them. Uh, yeah. worth rostering if you have a space in the mixed league? Do you expect anything? Or an injury guy, you're not expecting much this year? No. I mean, uh, funny enough, I actually had a column that came out uh, about a month ago. So I was I was trying to get under the radar and, and, and warn people a lot about these guys ahead of time. There's a bevy uh, of pitchers that missed most of last season that went under Tommy John surgery that will have an impact on mixed league. If I have to pick anyone off the top of my head, Corbin is the number one guy. Uh, despite the fact that the ballpark isn't fantastic for pitchers, this is a guy we've seen in the past that has a, a fairly low whip, probably around 1-1, maybe 1-1-5, a lower ERA, and he can strike out nearly a batter per inning. Might not be at that level right now, but nearly a batter per inning. We've seen the velocity come back, but the biggest question, and I've said this all the time when I've been on the radio, about these Tommy John guys is the control. Um, and if it's a pitcher that relies on, you know, a sharp breaking ball, a, a slider, a curveball, a, a changeup, whatever it might be, is the control going to be there when he comes back? That's a big question for a lot of these guys. So far, reports are with Corbin, he's been pretty much spot on. Um, he might have a couple of those blow-up games in the beginning. You might see a, 
you know, five innings pitch, six earned run outing occasionally. But if you're going to spot start him at least for the handful of starts until he gets really comfortable and really used to things and being back in the rotation, I think that's the route to go. But Corbin is my number one target. I like Chris Medlin an awful lot, too, for the Dodgers. I think he's going to make an impact. I'd rather have Matt Moore than Nova, uh, Avon Nova, if I had to pick between those two. You know, speaking to Matt Moore, I haven't been his biggest fan over the course of his career because even when he was not injured, his control still was never fantastic. That was a big knock on him. Right. He had one of the lo- the lowest first pitch strike percentages, which is a major thing for me. I need guys to get ahead in the count if I want to look at for strikeouts. Um, he's always had a problem with that. The Rays aren't really going to put up a ton of runs either, so the wins might not be there for Matt Moore. I, I think overall he's still a, a decent pitcher. He's kind of in that Nova tier where I, I'm going to always prefer the NL guys to the AL guys. You know, gun to my head, I'll probably pick Corbin and Medlin first over those two, but not a bad mm-hmm. pitcher. Uh, you know, we've seen in the past this guy has a world of upside. He was a top prospect, uh, so the, the pedigree's there, but – Probably Corbin and Medlin would be the two I target coming off of Tommy John surgery pitching standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would go, I would go uh, Corbin and then Moore a little bit before Medlin. So what scares me about Medlin is it's his second time having the surgery. So Correct. you know how he's exactly going to be used is is a little tricky to me as well. Um, mm-hmm. But what's interesting is you talk about the control, and for our listeners, that control can go one of two ways. It could go walking the house, or it could go the control is too good, and he's just pitching the ball straight over the plate. And you saw that in in Matt Harvey's last start, where he got lit up for seven runs. His pitch had no movement, and it was just dead center of the plate. And it doesn't matter how hard you throw the balls down the middle of the plate, it's going to get smacked around. Now, Harvey's been terrific. He's really been the exception to the Tommy John rule. He hasn't really had any adjustment time. But nonetheless, he's going to have games where that ball's down the center of the plate and uh, and you're in trouble there. But, um, you know, I've, I've rostered Corbin. I actually have both of them more. Ivan Nova's still out there. I haven't really put much thought into Nova, although the way the Yankees pitching staff is currently constructed, he'll roll in and right. be their number two starter, I think. Probably but, um, yeah. You know, I mean, God. I said the Dodgers for Medlin. It's actually the Kansas City Royals, so... Let me, let me right, the Royals. Right. Before I get before I get Twitter bomb there, so. <laughs> um, I believe it's Miner who's with the Dodgers. Correct. That's that's the person I had the back right. of my head. You're right. <laughs> yep, Mike Miner's with the Dodgers. Um, so 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 those are some pitches, and they're all coming back. They're all going to pitch. You know, everybody's eyeing Jose Fernandez. They all want Fernandez, Fernandez, Fernandez. Yeah. All of these other arms are viable arms. Some of them will be back before Jose Fernandez and the Marlins. And let's be honest. Will, some of them will be pitching for a lot more than what Jose Fernandez will be on that god-awful Miami team. What a, what a disaster they've turned out to be. Um, Evan, one more name I wanted to float your way before we wrap up and going back to the stolen base category. Okay. Delino DeShields of Texas. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of come out of nowhere. He's another guy, 11 stolen bases on the year. He's batting 279, no power. On CBS Sportsline, he's less than 50% owned. Again, is that is he a viable speed option? Is he going to get enough playing time? Is he going to hit enough, in your view, to make him worthy of owning it in a uh, mixed league? You know, it was funny because the last column I'm taking a look at, and of course in all my leagues as well, I've always liked Josh Hamilton, and obviously I know he has his massive screw-up, and we've seen it in the past. I hope he does well, certainly. But with the contract that the Rangers just took on, you know that he's going to have to pretty much start as much as he can. 
Um, so uh, who else is going to be there? You know, the, the Rangers aren't going to sit in Chu. He's also performing well. I'm sure that they would hate to sit Leonis Martin. So, you know, aside from occasionally spelling Josh Hamilton, what else were the Rangers going to do? Well, how about they play him at second base? Because like, that's what just happened today. Like, the, the you know, right. we took a look at uh, at the Shields, and, and look, if this guy can, can find his way into the lineup and, and find it back, that's what you're going to look for. I don't really care if he's going to be, you know, the next Chuck Knobloch at second base. If they're going to continue to play him every single day and he's going to get on base and going to steal me, you know, 20, 30, 40 more bags for the remainder of the season, this is the guy I want to keep. Um, so I'd say mm-hmm. right now, take a look if they continue to use him at second base. The, the Rangers don't really have a strong core right there. You know, they had Profar, but he's, he's done. So it's pretty much Adam Rosales. You know, if they continue to roll out the shield and then he does occasionally get these outfield starts but remains in the lineup throughout, yes. You know, really get this guy. The fact that he's under-owned in, in 50% of the – no, owned in less than 50% of leagues is criminal. Uh, he really deserves to be owned way more than that, especially given his recent offensive outburst. This, this team cannot sit him right now. He's playing so well. Um, you know, is he going to keep up a near 300 average? Is he going to keep stealing crazy amounts of bases? Uh, probably not, but we'll, we'll see how he does in the future. But I, I do think he deserves to be owned pretty much across all leagues until the team decides to do something else. Uh, you know, I just wrote a column for Fantasy Pros, uh, you know, talking about some of the other prospects that they might be calling up and, and some of these positional changes that they might have to get shifted around. So we, we will see. The Rangers are a very interesting team, depending upon their record and what they decide to do. Yeah, it could be a lot of moving parts there, but the way they're playing right now, who knows? They may be adding, not subtracting. Are you surprised Josh Hamilton's owned in over eighty percent of leagues? I'm surprised that owners are, are willing to give him a, a, a second chance, or in this case, maybe a third, fourth, or fifth chance, given essentially his struggles since you know 2011, give or take. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, for the longest time, we saw that stretch in his career where he was just, if, if not the best offensive player in baseball. He was he's darn close to it from, uh, you know, pretty much 2008 mm-hmm. through, I mean, I mean, heck, I would say probably about 2012 when he had that season with, you know, 43 homers and nearly 130 RBIs. I mean, this was an absolute monster. After that, he went to the Angels and things fell apart. He became a two-fit. It was like you know, the Yankee syndrome, is what I always say. You know, when players get traded to the Yankees, it doesn't matter how great they are. They just, you know, they can't hit anymore. That's kind of what happened with him in, in Los Angeles. He just couldn't hit, struck out just an exorbitant amount of times. I think going back to Texas, going back to his comfort zone, it is going to help Josh Hamilton. But at 34, with the amount of mileage on that body, he gets to be seen. I think his ownership right now is a little bit higher than I was expecting. But given the mm-hmm. return that you get, uh, you know, if this guy ever went back to those kinds of levels, and, and given that lineup around him, uh, he could do some pretty big damage. So if you can if you can add that kind of a bat in, in mid-May, I think it's uh, it's worth a shot, even if it was just for a couple bucks a bat. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. There's some interesting names out there. Some 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 names that people don't realize are out there. You know, a guy like Wilma Flores of the Mets, mm-hmm. owned, yep. less than forty percent owned. But he has a guy, oh, oh well, he's, he's got seven home runs. He has more home runs than any other shortstop in the game right now. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. You know, you don't lose points because he's made nine errors. Uh, if, if you watch anything, and I mean, everybody who knows me knows I watch the Mets, and, uh, okay, I have a little bias for him. That's fine. I got into a right. wonderful conversation with Mike Cardano today on Twitter. 
over the match. He and I were really going at it. It was entertaining. But, um, you know, here's Flores. He's batting two fifty two on coming into today. Seven homers, 21 RBIs, 19 runs scored. And even if he's not going to – even if they move, make a move at shortstop, it's not going to set, be to send Flores to the bench. His bat is too important. You know, you tell me this guy's on a pace. It's a quarter of the way through the season. Is today, I believe, was the quarter mark. So yep. seven times four. You're telling me this guy's on a pace to hit 28, RBI, 28 home runs, and he's only owned in less than 40% of leagues? Uh, uh, don't worry about the team. Don't worry about the name. Look at the numbers. A- am I wrong in, in reading it that way? No, no. And, and I, I'm not – I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Yankees fan. But I have featured Flores in a litany of columns that I've written about on the waiver wire. I don't know what the Mets are doing. And I say that an awful lot about this franchise. I understand from a defensive standpoint that he's been very frustrating for them. I I totally get it. And unlike you, I I can't say that I've watched more than a handful of Mets games unless they're on national TV or something like that. But if you take a look on paper and you're just comparing Wilmer Flores with Aruba Tejada, it's not today. I mean, they are certainly different players and they have different skill sets, but, you know, take a look at Flores' track record for the minors. Power has been consistent with him. I don't understand mm-hmm. why, in a, in a team that sorely lacks it, uh, you know, especially with David Wright out now for God knows how much time, this is a team that needs home runs. They need people to get on base and to drive people in. And I don't foresee Tejada really giving those numbers. No. You know, Flores, uh, this is a guy that I think legit can be a 25 home run bat at shortstop. And aside from maybe Hanley, I mean, maybe Tulo if he decides to start hitting, where else are you going to find that? He can't. I mean, maybe Ian Desmond, but he's been awful this year, too. So I I think he has every bit of a chance to be a top five shortstop for the rest of the season should the Mets trust him and should his defense improve. But those are two pretty big gifts at the moment. Yeah, I think the Mets, they've basically told, they trust him at this point. They know Tahad is not the answer. Um, right. I mean, I, I, I love some of the, the the groups we're in on Facebook. One was <laughs> suggesting the Mets trade uh, Rafael Montero and Steven Matz. Now, anybody who follows minor league baseball knows Matz is, if not the number one, he's in the top three of all pitching prospects currently in the minors. Um, for Gene Segura of the Milwaukee Brewers. And, yeah. and okay, Segura's a nice little player, <laughs> but to give up that quality when yeah. offensively he's not an upgrade over Flores, I just I, I laugh at it, and uh, and that's that. But Evan, uh, before we wrap up, I I hear now you're involved in in writing a book, my friend. I know, I know. Uh, you know, I, I I've been very 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 fortunate in this industry to have lots of very good close friends, and I don't know what I did to deserve it, but I'll take it. Uh, you know, Joe Pizzafia and I, we, we kind of grew up under Mark Healy's wing and, and going nine fantasy baseball. I owe an awful lot to Mark. Um, and Joe said, look, Jeff, like, I need I need a little bit of help here with this fantasy black book for this season, and, and you're the guy that I really want to get rolling. Would you be able to lend a hand? And I absolutely was all over that. I, I love Joe. He's been fantastic for me. Um, so, yeah, so this this year, you know, in, in the content that I'm writing for him, uh, I'm doing a, uh, a rookie write-up. So every single fantasy-relevant rookie, and it's funny because when you go pick up magazines or, or various books or articles about rookies, it'll give you a, probably like a sentence or two. 
I'm not exaggerating. I just submitted mine. It's 17 pages long. Um, I soup to nuts on all of these rookies, you know, the immediate 2015 stuff, long-term, Dice Keeper League stuff. It's all in there. So I think you'll very much enjoy that. I'm also going to take care of uh, ranking the wide receivers, talking about some sleepers, busts, everything at that position. Uh, so those are two of the big uh, big things we're doing for that. We hope to have that book out by the end of June is when we're shooting. If not, it will be the very beginning of July, uh, right around that 4th of July weekend. But, yeah, Parts Noble, Amazon, all those different retailers, uh, the uh, the ebook will be available there. And uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting some feedback on the articles of right, right now. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. I'll get my Thank copy. You. I'll mail it Thank down you. to you. You autograph it. <laughs> and uh, that way, when you're big and famous, I could say I knew you went. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll I'll always eat that humble pie. Don't you worry. I've uh, <laughs> humble <weekend>, So. <laughs> all right, Evan. Where can everybody follow you on Twitter and 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 on what sites can they read all your work? Yeah, sure thing. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Roto underscore Wizards. That's where they can find me. Uh, I pretty much write about the works. I, I I cover fancy baseball. I cover fancy football when that's going on. My big thing I'm known for, obviously, is all the waiver wire stuff. So I put out a weekly column there for Roto Experts. I also do work for Fantasy Pros. So pretty much every other week I've been writing a fantasy baseball article for those guys. Uh, I am going to have a prospect. I uh, just kind of hinted about that for the Rangers stuff. That's uh, Joey Gallup. We're going to talk about him. Uh, so that's going to be coming out in a couple days. And uh, that's that's it right now. So uh, who, who's to say? No, I couldn't pick up more in the long term if my wife doesn't kill me first. But uh, those are the <laughs> those are the current things. And uh, if you're if you're a beer lover, then please follow me. And uh, I do uh, do rate beers and, and big fan of craft beers. That's my other big thing. Yeah, how's that going? I've been following that on Facebook as well. That seems to be doing well. It is going extremely well. I mean, if I uh, if I would have told you looking back a handful of years ago that I would have been uh, you know writing about beers and <laughs> beers and sports and I would have been pretty happy with things. So I, I cannot complain about my life right now. Website's doing fantastic. It's uh, thecraftbrewreview.com. So if you have a passion for uh, any any kind of beers and you want my take on them, then go ahead and find it there. You know what? I mean, if there's one thing, getting to know – you and I know many of the same people in this industry. And if there's any way to any, I think, these guys' hearts – it would be a beer. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, uh, we, we let's be honest. I mean, one of my favorite people in the industry, uh, Tim Haney, and Tim's a great guy. He lives near me here on Long Island. Uh, uh, you know, all those guys. Uh, you you throw a cold beer at any one of us. I don't think anybody's gonna have an issue with that. So no, uh, no. Lenny Melnick. I mean, everybody needs a beer, a beer expert in their circle of friends. So uh, from the entire fantasy industry, we thank you, Evan. But, uh, it is my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Evan, listen, this has been a lot of fun. I don't want to keep you too long. I appreciate you spending some time tonight. And uh, best of luck with the book and the website and the writing and everything you got going on. And uh, your wife is a saint for putting up with it. So uh, good for you. And uh, best of luck, my friend. Thank you very much, buddy. Anytime, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, Anthony. All right, Evan. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. All right. That was Evan Terraciano at Roto underscore Wizard. Uh, Roto experts, uh, fantasy pros. He's writing in in, uh, the Fantasy Black Book with Joe P. His beer website, great stuff, and special thanks to Evan. Got to check out his writing. He's also, you hear him every now and then on Roto experts in the morning. He pops on there as a special guest. He does a great job whenever he's on there as well. So thanks to Evan 
for joining us tonight. Um, we got a few minutes left here. We got about twenty minutes. Got a few more things we need to cover. Quick rundown of the action today, and we'll start with the games in progress right now. I've got it on in the background here in the studio. Washington Nationals, Chicago Cubs. They're currently in a zero-zero tie. On the hill for the Nationals, we have Max Scherzer. He's gone two innings with two strikeouts. Pitching for the Cubs is John Lester. Great matchup. Four Ks so far in that one for Lester. Also in the second inning, we have Arizona, St. Louis. Cardinals leading that game one to nothing. Kyle Mentor pitching for the uh, Diamondbacks. He's given up one run in one and a third. St. Louis, Lance Lynn on the hill there. Colton Wong with his sixth home run for the only run of the game. Uh, a couple of finals, my New York Mets. They completed the sweep today against the Philadelphia Phillies, seven to nothing. Great game. Syndergaard uh, was, was lights out. No other way to describe it. He actually homered. He went seven and a third. The Mets have decided to go with a six-man rotation the rest of the way. Uh, they say until August. I'll believe it when I see it. I personally think it is to keep all the pitchers, pitchers active until they can maybe make a move with a Jonathan Neese or a Dylan G. Uh, somebody will want one of those guys, solid back-of-the-rotation veterans. Everybody's looking for one. Anybody who doubts me, don't forget, Brandon McCarthy got traded last year, and then he turned that into a huge contract. So, uh, so Syndergaard and the Mets are going six-man rotation. Don't be scared away of that either. By, I did the math today. If a pitcher normally gets 33 starts on the, over the course of a full healthy season – a six-man rotation from this point forward, their starters would get about 29 to 30 starts. That's all it's going to cost them is two or three starts. And the Mets have come out and said, with the reduction in starts potentially, uh, they'll be able to throw a few extra pitches, maybe get an extra inning. Instead of going seven, maybe they could push eight. The Mets need that right now. Their bullpen is overworked and overpaid, uh, other than Henry Familia. So Kadir Holman for the Mets today. Uh, to hit two more home runs. He's red hot. He's up to eight on the season. Daniel Murphy with three hits. O'Sullivan was terrible for the Phillies. The Phillies are a god-awful team. No way, nice way to say that. So uh, gets the win there uh, is Syndergaard in a very good performance. Cleveland beat Texas today 12-3. to Just some quick highlights there. Kobe Lewis took the loss. He was terrible. Two and two-thirds, nine earned runs. Carrasco got the win. Swisher... Carlos Santana, Lonnie Chisinau, home runs for Cleveland. Chirnos homered, Leonis Martin homered for Texas. Uh, Colorado with a 6-4 victory over Cincinnati. Uh, home runs in that one. Arenado hit his 10th. Charlie Blackman his 7th for the Reds. Todd Frazier, number 14. Kendrick got the win. Mike Leake was terrible. Six earned in five innings. He took the loss. Pittsburgh with a 5-2 victory over the Miami Marlins. Garrett Cole got the win for Pittsburgh. He was terrific. Seven innings, two earned, seven strikeouts. Melanson got the save. Hand got the start for Miami. He pitched great. It's the bullpen that blew blew that game up for them. Uh, Bohr homered for the Marlins. He's filling in at first base for the injured uh, Mike Morse. Christian Yelich also homered for them. Uh, No home runs on the Pittsburgh side of things. Uh, Kang had two RBIs. Chicago White Sox in 10 innings defeated the Blue Jays 5-3. to Samarja pitched well, 7 innings, no earned, 5 strikeouts. Robertson got the win after blowing the save. Estrada got the start from Toronto. He wasn't terrible. Donaldson home run number 13. No home runs for the White Sox. Abreu with two RBIs, giving him 29 for the season. 
Yankees complete the sweep of the Kansas City Royals uh, with a 4-2 victory. Pineda with the win, 6 and two thirds, one earned eight Ks. Uh, Chris Young, the loss, six innings, four earned. Mustakas, home run number five for the Royals. McCann, number six. A-Rod, number 11, as uh, he's experiencing a nice little resurgence there. Minnesota Twins are now 28 and 18 on the season. Who could have predicted that? They defeat the Kansas, the Boston Red Sox six to four. Uh, Porcello seven innings, six earned runs. He's been a huge disappointment on the season. Phil Hughes got the win. He wasn't great, six and two thirds, four earned runs. Hicks hit his first. Rosario his second for the Twins. Pedroia hit two home runs today for the Boston Red Sox. Um, the next game on the slate, we have the Seattle Mariners with a three nothing victory. Over the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Seattle got three runs in the top of the ninth. Felix Hernandez went the distance, nine shutout innings with eight strikeouts. Archer went eight terrific innings, only two runs allowed, 12 strikeouts. Boxberger blew it up in the ninth. He's been pretty good, too. Terrible game for him today. Um, Nelson Cruz hit his 18th home run. It was a three-run shot off of Boxberger for the difference. San Francisco with a 3-1 to one victory. A lot of day games today in baseball. Uh, San Francisco 3-1 to one over Milwaukee. Vogelsong with the win. He pitched well again. He's up to 4-2 and two on the season. Six innings, one earned run. Uh, Casilla with the save. Mike Fiez, 1-5, and five, five, earned, five innings, two earned to take the loss. Uh, home runs, Joe Panic hit his third for the Giants. Detroit defeated Oakland today, 3-2. to two. I caught a little bit of this game as well earlier in the day. Wilson got the start, three shutout innings. Really, Detroit went with uh, a team pitching out for Wilson. Ryan got the win. Soria the save. Kazmir, three innings. He was pitching well. Left the game shoulder. No word yet. Doolittle off the DL. He pitched the sixth inning. Uh, they're going to ease him back. No guarantee he's going to be the closer again there. Uh, Cespedes hit his sixth home run for Detroit. No home runs on the day for Oakland, Detroit, with the nice victory. And finally, Baltimore with a 5-4 victory over the Houston Astros today. Uh, Colin McHugh, six innings, four earned. He did not uh, uh, He did not take the loss, though. Sip took the loss late. Obaldo Jimenez, seven innings, four earned. Uh, Brack with the win. Zach Britton got the save. Chris Davis today hit two home runs. Uh, I'm sorry, hit two home runs, uh, his ninth and tenth. Stephen Pierce hit his sixth. And Evan Gaddis hit his 10th for Houston. So there's the action for today. There's a couple more games going on later tonight as well. With about 15 minutes left, I want to wrap up the show like I always do and take a look at next week. Um, next week, by my math, would be, I believe, week nine. Is it week nine of the fantasy baseball season? My goodness, is the season flying by already? Um, you know, next week is week nine. So when we take a look at some of the two-star pitchers, and we know the importance of a two-star pitcher, they can make or break you. Uh, you know, you get 15 or 16 quality innings, 16 innings, 20 Ks, two wins. It's a good week for your pitching staff. That starting pitcher comes out, gives you 10 innings, two Ks, and an ERA of seven. You're in trouble for the week. Now, obviously, there's some must-start guys going on next week. You got guys like Max Scherzer, Felix Hernandez, Zach Greinke, Garrett Cole, Clayton Kershaw. These guys rolling with two starts. John Lester, Chris Archer coming off a great start today. Garrett Richards with two starts. Jacob DeGrom, who's been tremendous uh, after some struggles at one point in his last three games. He's 2-0 and with 26 strikeouts and 21 innings. Only one walk 
in those 21 innings, pitching to a 1-2-7 ERA. He's a must-start. Carlos Carrasco of Cleveland. He's been a little shaky, but I'd roll with him. I'd roll with Jordan Zimmerman with two starts. Jeff Zamarja, Michael Pineda. All of these guys must-start two-start pitchers. Colin McHugh of the Houston Astros. Coming into today in his last three, he's been 1-2, He's been shaky. 14 strikeouts in 18 innings. He's got two starts. One at home against Baltimore. One on the road at Toronto. Toronto game scares me. Both matchups scare me. But I'm going to roll with McHugh. Pitched okay today. Uh, Houston's playing great. Toronto and Baltimore are not. Chance at a couple of wins. Uh, his ERA is going to be a little high, but he could get you a few wins. I'll roll with McHugh. Kazmir currently scheduled for two starts, both on the road. I can't trust it, not until I get a, me- a medical report there. Andrew Kashner of the Padres. Pitches at home against the Mets. That's a must-start situation. And then on the road at the Reds. He's been good. 0-2, but he's pitched with 2 3 7 ERA, 15 strikeouts over his last 19 innings. Um, that's in his last three starts, all of those numbers. I'd roll with Kashner. He's got a great matchup at home against the Mets. Mets don't score runs. They might not win because he's going against DeGrom, but it's a good matchup. Cincinnati can be a little tricky, tough ballpark, but Cincinnati's a team in shambles too. You know, Joey Votto's hitting and, and Todd Frazier's hitting, but what else really is there? Alfredo Simon, two starts against Oakland and the White Sox. Oakland can't hit. That's at home. I like Simon. On the road against the White Sox doesn't scare me. Over his last three, he's pitched to a 1-3-1 ERA. I'm rolling Alfredo Simon out there. Lance Lynn's got two starts. I'll go with him against Milwaukee and the Dodgers. Ubaldo Jimenez, on the road at Houston, on the road at Cleveland, 19 strikeouts in his last 18 innings. I don't trust Ubaldo, never have, never will. I won't use him. James Paxton of the Mariners. Anybody who listens to me on this show or the Roto Ball of Fantasy Sports show, which uh, I'll be on again at 9.30 tonight, Anybody who knows me knows the love affair I have for James Paxton. He's pitching against the Yankees and against the Rays, both at home in Seattle. Over his last three starts, he's 3-0 and with a .9 ERA. Walks are a little high, but otherwise he's been dominant. I'll roll with Paxton. Alex Wood of the Braves. He's at Arizona, and then he's home against Pittsburgh. Tough matchups with Archie Bradley and Garrett Cole on the hill. He's been pretty good. I'd roll with Alex Wood. Phil Hughes. He's pitching at Boston and home versus Milwaukee. He pitched okay today. Phil Hughes, viable two-star candidate. Rick Porcello, no thank you. I'm staying away. He's been terrible, even though it's against Minnesota and Oakland. Minnesota's a better team than anybody realized they would be. I'm staying away from Porcello. He can't trust him. Same, uh, my same feelings for Colby Lewis. He's pitched to an over-5 ERA his last three. Here's an interesting name for the Dodgers, Mike Bolsinger. Uh, at Colorado and home against St. Louis. Now, he's been terrific. 3-0, ERA, 17 strikeouts in his last 19 and two-thirds innings. But he's at Colorado and he's home versus St. Louis. Those are tough pit uh, matchups. Anytime you go to Colorado is tough. Home against the Cardinals, the Cardinals are tough. I got to look at my options. If I have better options, I'm staying away from both singer. I don't use Mike Fiez. I don't trust him. St. Louis, Minnesota, both on the road. No, thank you. Mike Leak. I normally say no to Mike Leake. He's been terrible. But listen to these matchups. Philadelphia at Philadelphia doesn't scare me. Home against the Padres doesn't scare me that much either. Again, it's a matchup situation. If I'm desperate for that extra start, I'll go Mike Leake. Kyle Hendricks, I'll stay away from. Tough matchups at Miami and at Washington. Jaime Garcia of the Cardinals, he's interesting. He's kind of taken um, 
uh, Adam Wainwright spot. And he's pitched well, 1-1, one 3-4, one, 6 ERA, only eight strikeouts. Home against Milwaukee and at the Dodgers. I don't mind Milwaukee. The Dodgers could be scary, though. Uh, but I like Jaime Garcia. I'd roll with him, potentially, if he was owned. Uh, Mike Wright of Baltimore, 14 and a third. He's pitching two games on the road. One's at Houston. I'll stay away. Archie Bradley has not been good since coming back from getting hit in the face. Uh, he's at home against Atlanta and then the Mets. But in his last three starts, he's pitched to an 11.81 ERA, eight strikeouts and 10 and two-thirds. He's also walked eight batters, staying away from Bradley till you could see him get comfortable on the mound again. He's clearly a mess right now. You wonder if he's a little shook after that beaming shot. And, and who wouldn't be? We all saw the pitchers. Uh, R.A. Dickey, Josh Kalmenta, Ryan Vogelsong, Alex Colomb, Mike Pelfrey. Here's some Scott Feldman, Eddie Butler, some low-end two-star pitchers, most of them. To be honest with you, I would avoid using. Just some other uh, quick updates on some players. I mentioned Scott Casimir. Shoulder situation. He came out of the game today after three innings. Justin Verlander is going to start a rehab assignment this weekend. So if you've owned them and held on to them, don't give up now. He's going to be making a return soon. Uh, we spoke about Matt Adams, first baseman for the Cardinals, going on the DL. Mark Reynolds, an immediate uptick in value if you are in need of power. Johnny Sueto, hopeful to return to the mound this upcoming Sunday. He's missed a few starts. Second baseman of the Blue Jays, Devin Travis, dominated in April, not so much in May. He's going on a rehab assignment this weekend. He should be back in within the next week. Gene Segura of the Brewers, we talked about him for a brief moment. He's scheduled to return to the shortstop position this Friday for Milwaukee. Uh, Sean Doolittle back for Oakland. They're easing him back. He is not getting his closer roll back right away. Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, catcher from Milwaukee. You've been waiting for him. He's going on a rehab assignment. Hopefully he's back within a week or so. And Mike Moss, first baseman for the Marlins. He's on the 15-day DL. We talked about Boar, who's filling in, and he hit a home run today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we covered a lot. I want to thank Evan Tarasiano, my friend, Roto Experts, Fantasy Pros, author, you name it. He does it, beer expert. Uh, I want to thank Evan for joining us tonight. Terrific job by him. Uh, talking some waiver wire fantasy baseball. We appreciate his time as well. Don't forget, the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show is brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com and is a proud member of Fantasy Sports Podcast Association. I am proud also to be associated with two sites, RotoBaller.com and DraftValet.com. Make sure you check them out, uh, RotoBaller.com, for some of the best fantasy sports information out on the web, DraftValet. An great concept. Check it out. Sign up. Be a part of Draft Valet as well. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. That's A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. A-A-N-I-A-N-O Fantasy. And follow the show on Facebook at the Anthony Aniano Fantasy Sports Show page. A big uptick in followers there. You see all our updates and anything else I feel like writing about. You'll see it all on Facebook so make sure you check that out as well. For those of you who like the sound of my voice, come back to Blog Talk Radio in just a little while, 9.30 Eastern Time. I'll be joined by my good friend Real Talk Raph and the, on the Roto Baller Fantasy Sports Show. That goes from 9.30 to 10.30 every Wednesday night. So make sure you check that out and check it out on iTunes, just like you could check out the Anthony Aniano Show here on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. This has been a lot of fun, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday night at our regular start time, 7.30 Eastern time. Uh, thanks for listening, 
And we'll talk to everybody real soon. Have a great weekend, folks. Good night. Mm-hmm.